I'm sorry, I need to be petty for um, one more time for the people in the back regarding one Caleb slash Marcus. I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Because I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Raised by Wolves. This is episode seven, Faces. It premiered September 17th of 2020. This episode was written by Karen Campbell, who is a novel author and directed by Alex Cabassi. I gave this episode a 7.2 out of 10. I am glad to be vindicated a little bit regarding one particular character i'm sure we will discuss ad nauseum in this episode because it was a big caleb marcus focus and it definitely got us into the mindset of sue a little bit more however i i found this one to be less lackluster than the others i found it dragged in places it mostly just pissed me off (laughs) so a lot of my notes is just sarcastic commentary so buckle up we start the episode off with campion who is rather pissed that he has lost both his parents father the twice in as many weeks and pulls a gun on the metheric after that douchebag lucius just tossed him off mother like he was a sack of grain i swear to god i swear to god you stupid bitch but mother reminds him he's a pacifist put the gun down violence doesn't solve anything like see even in the face of y'all ridiculousness i'm still a great mother i just want to let y'all know that i will win mvp mother of the year no matter how many times you throw out the fact that if you ain't my child i ain't gonna be that much of a great mother to you i might kill you in the ark with the rest of the children (laughs) that she somehow deemed as hers i still don't know what her selection process was but these are the luckiest fucking four kids on the planet (laughs) with the exception of campion when it comes to that ark while i am not seriously endeared endured endeared (laughs) to campion He became a little bit of a gangster in this episode with all of his toot in the face of these metheric trying to tell him how he's supposed to think and who he's supposed to love. Campion calls Paul out for the fact that mother saved your life you ungrateful son of a bitch and while Caleb didn't acknowledge that fact Sue sure as hell did proving her point that mother wouldn't hurt the kids. Even though and I'm glad they brought it up this episode they still... (laughs) throughout an error in judgment in my opinion with the script of having her actually kill other kids if she is a nurturer then she would have saved the rest of those children unless that's just a card up her sleeve that we will never know but i just don't see that as the case maybe they're just trying to say in this moment that she destroyed the ark was more of an emotional psychotic break And that the only reason why she even got the children she did is because for some reason she bonded with them in a maternal way and they reminded her the most of the children she lost and thus once again are the luckiest children in the Metheric cult. Campion also threw out some some words at 
because everybody was coming for Caleb's throat this episode. Like, is this all Earth is a pack of liars? And he's like, yeah, basically. And I'm like, nah, bruh. You ain't gonna rep our whole entire species by saying we're all terrible liars. Some of us try to tell the truth most of the time and are fucking awesome. See, the black man acts sufficiently weary of the killer android in the room programmed to be way more than she should be on top of what she was actually made to be but the white bitch getting all mouthy and extra vicious while mother is clearly giving the rick grimes promise with her eyes i'm gonna kill you not today not tomorrow in the pod that you know everyone just takes over as they home (laughs) because it's the most comfy place let's be real paul is given a helmet by marcus slash caleb and told he's a good soldier and that he is proud of him they ask about the crops he says they're radioactive but there's food in storage and i will get it for you while he is out of the room suit finally voices what the actual plan was when they left earth so i'm glad we finally got some now i feel like this is an episode or two too late (laughs) as far as i think this exposition should have been explained earlier but i do feel as if i picked up on enough nuggets that everything that was revealed makes perfect sense with all of the behaviors that were occurring in the previous episodes that i felt i was picking up on which is one of them being this idea of what are they doing when you decide to jump on an arc and disassociate your identity with what you have chosen to be for the adult version of your life like what kind of dissonance can that create in your mindset and it hasn't created the same reaction in sue that it has marcus because we have two different people like sue getting on the arc actually ended up improving like she was very much uh committed to who she was she knew who the enemy like even if i'm not cool with the people that did, that were in our ranks i am still an atheist i'm not uh she was not unsure of her beliefs we find out a little bit more that she you know had her own emotional issues but in this moment uh she says that they were supposed to get on the ark they were supposed to survive not just to survive but to get revenge on the enemy and eventually move on so it's kind of almost as if just because we got off of earth and did our deceit within the soul community to survive it's worth our survival if we destroy the people that in turn destroy earth right and if at the end we're alive at that even better so i like getting a little bit of a pushback against my own idealisms in the first few episodes about the fact that they were doing this whole deceit but then we also hear that she was really talked into this idea of changing her face as i suspected and why she was so much more affected by it versus how caleb was reacting 
Uh, and I actually was listening to only one podcast. I didn't end up listening to the HBO Max one, but I like what the person said in the first episode. And I'm glad that they, I wasn't alone in catching that, that she looked in the mirror as if she wanted to rip off her face. So I think that goes back to me and Mimi's back and forth, how I took that moment and why I was so upset about it and why I could not equate it with a, a dress compliment because it wasn't in a sense, I feel insecure. I'm committed to this. It's more so I'm horrified at what I committed to. And then the only reaction I have from the person that has convinced me is you look fine. And that's just not enough for me. <laughs> as a person to find that scene uh any less disturbing even more so knowing the information that we get a little bit later in their second argument but i will say she definitely stands up for herself and i think she has found some strength being this mother figure to paul finding someone she can care about and wanting to care about and that she hasn't necessarily steered away in her mind about the mission was to actually get revenge on these metheric and then build their better life or a future for them which is a better life on this planet as well so you have her also calling him out on the fact that you use paul in the same way that the people used you as a soldier at 12 and you despise those people for it and yet you are yourself enacting the same actions and i love the way she pointed him out on that and then the way he even responds like well we didn't you know you didn't know he was going to be completely fine well you didn't either like basically you didn't know mother was not going to harm him however let's see um <laughs> the fact that he saved her life or yeah she saved his life puts a big um I think stamp on that that continued skepticism however he completely acknowledges yeah i sent him in with the possibility that yeah he wasn't going to come back and he was okay with that he was okay with that because that's what happened to him and he doesn't see it as an issue it's almost as if um kind of an example of the abused becoming the abuser the victims becoming the actual uh killers or terrorists or, or how that ends up manifesting because i think that's why he also related to ortho as they both had these very nefarious behaviors before they got to this this place in which they started hearing a voice that rather exasperated the devil to fully emerge from these two people and i think that's why he had such a callous relationship with a man that was a serial rapist of minor children and doesn't even really see concern that he is missing because i didn't see him go down at all you know the fact that he can bless him and give him uh his words of sure and then to hear in this episode that he's kind of and already been heavily swayed by this actual religion and probably has been again that 13 year time frame being in this religion i don't think it just happened overnight 
is that he started feeling i think in the second episode i think mimi called it definitely that he was the one that was going to be believed as the prophecy or we focus more on marcus as the one that they were referencing and i did see that in the episode i brought that up that in that moment when he was talking to paul and they were talking about who it could be there was a moment in which you saw marcus's eyes light up in a way as if it affected him personally and it had nothing to do with paul so to see that continue to prey on him as he's really trying or believing himself to be special and we can get more into his psyche a little bit later as we see more of his actions sue says look i'm tired of the metheric i don't actually even want to kill them i just want to ditch them get the lander grab some supplies head to the tropical zone he says let me think we just got here what's the rush nobody fucks with the jesus what i like about sue is it's unfortunate but sometimes you get in a relationship with someone and you go i know he has all these bad traits about him but he treats me nice i was at my lowest he picked me up so i i feel a loyalty to him and so you stick with them despite seeing their flaws but you're not ignorant to the fact that they have said flaws and she calls them out like oh yeah i know that you're comfortable and happy being worshipped but these people destroyed earth and while survivor for revenge and thriving as atheists is fine to continue on this path is to make us traitors to the people that we did have and i think i spoke on that before some allegiance to that you died with that you um if no other reason that you were in the trenches with those are your friends you you callously turn your back on them dying or standing with you in this belief when you yourself are so easily swayed to the other side of this belief like there is a traitor type mentality in that like what does that say for you and i think i was talking about that a little bit earlier it's kind of like yeah there is that idea of hey if you just denounce your religion we will allow you to live well if your religion says if you denounce me you will go to hell and you truly believe that to denounce your religion is to is worse than death because when you die you believe that you're going to go to heaven now i know as someone who is not a religious person it's a hard concept to to manifest but i feel even without that particular um zealously or that belief in that particular aspect of religion i can understand or empathize with someone who is in fact willing to die for what they truly do believe and i think that that's something that comes with free will that we don't have the right to be judging upon and i do think that whether you're one way or the other i think the minute that you become lost in the middle of that you do struggle mentally with your um sense of self your own purpose your own uh decisions a lot of things are involved in that it kind of goes back to this uh thing that 
mother starts to talk about a little bit later when she decides it's time for Marcus to have his entire life dread because he actually had the audacity to come for her okay the metheric bury the dead they know they love their bonfires Marcus greets her not as mother not as an android as Lamia which is the name that she gave herself which I thought was interesting because despite him continuing to say you're not human he gives her the mm, the same characteristic you would give when you're greeting a person you greet them by their name not service bot or necromancer there's a lot of things he could say and yet there was a softness to Lamia that's because he's got an Oedipus complex and like I said before I know Freud was kind of a hack um okay he was there is some interesting concepts that he has one of the things is being the Oedipus complex whereas boys young boys are attached to their mothers and that it's a natural attachment that eventually does grow uh, you grow out of it and that at some point a boy sexualizes his mother but he eventually grows out of that as well but then there are some boys that don't where they either take on a lot of characteristics of their mother uh they end up having uh, they call them mother's boys you ever hear that um it doesn't mean that these are boys that are sexually wanting to have uh, relations with their mother it's just that the ideal woman becomes exactly or is epitomized in the characteristics of your mother so it's an interesting idealism like i said if you're into philosophy psychology and all that stuff i know mimi is i know with early childhood development that's something she's probably heard of as well so I, I wonder if there is a little bit of that with Marcus considering he himself is a, an orphan and as much as he be shitting on mother there is a security and an actual genuine love there or at least protection that he himself has always been denied uh, put that in correlation with the fact that he's a man um, and that he is in some way definitely infatuated sexually uh with her but then he had the caudacity after he gets behind her to revel in his lust and it's also a power play to talk to her about the children she stole like he did not steal himself a whole damn ass child i mean i fell out because he was dead ass serious like oh i'm incredulous you think you should be a mother I'm like, do you think you should be a father, sir? <laughs> and then begins the roast of one Caleb slash Marcus when she says, do these people know who they're really following? And then she reads him like a book, like you were an orphan, you're an atheist, I saw the scars, you were tattooed when you were young. And he asks a question, and this is kind of going back to his mental... Um, mental state is this why you spared me so he has been wondering all this time once again romanticizing in some way some significance at being quote-unquote spared 
he has delusions of grandeur and i know another character that is just like this this is why i said i think i made this instant correlation because i have familiarity watching another character make some of these not exact but um characteristic traits of a particular sociology or is it psychology one but it could be both now at this point mother's trying to be reasonable because she kind of sees him as possibly an ally you're an atheist you've deceived these people so on and so forth you've got your child back that's what you wanted it's probably why she took him off the ark in the first place fine let me have my children and i will leave and he says that's not gonna happen and that's when he starts dogging her out about being a possible mother she says we're more alike than you think and she makes a case to rebuild humanity as they have a like ideology as atheists you would think so a war a place without war where we can start fresh we don't have to bring the old problems there and then he points out the fact that she did in fact kill the ark and the children on the ark which is a fair point um because i think she has a bit of a naivete that i always feel comes with this whole utopian idea of humanity unfortunately i don't believe that there can be a world without conflict it's just something that exists and it comes with human nature or the ability of having free will i think that there was a point in history and time in which we did not have conflict and many aspire to go back to that that particular time in humanity that's when we were hunter and gatherers and we had absolutely no fucking choice there wasn't enough you know there wasn't enough for too much conflict you needed your fellow man to survive you needed a group of people just to keep the species going so when you put it against such extremes that's why humanity is so much nicer in the face of tragedy it's because that's the only time where we bond together in a naturally self-preserving manner but it comes down to self-preservation whether it's for the the whole of the species or for you know your particular tribe or even your just your family or even yourself that is an innate human characteristic it is how we apply our selfish tendencies and how we curb them that determines how good or bad of a person you end up becoming at least that's my particular (laughs) um speculation or or inward philosophy that i think about all the time when i'm dealing with other human beings i find the the species as a whole to be fascinating infuriating but it also makes for the unique experience that is homo sapiens he then wonders what she has been doing in the simulation and kind of pricks at her weak spot like why are you spending so much time there is reality not doing it for you and then he makes a a play that's both sexual but it's also a power play men have a tendency to do that to use a woman's sexuality against them to make them feel inferior and i think while there is lust in his veins there's also a need to 
put his dick on her face and say i'm the man around here and then he is just about to kiss her clearly close enough to her that she probably could feel his erection that is completely disrespectful it's it's um oh it just made me my skin fucking crawl because it's such an obvious um what what is the word i'm searching for um when you're trying to break someone down you know you're just trying to mark them as insignificant as lesser than and it's something that controlling men have a tendency to always uh to do not just by physical abuse there's also mental abuse there's also this type of behavior um and you can tell by her face that she is absolutely disgusted by him in this moment because he's revealed his true self and that's why their second interaction goes much harsher particularly for him because now she knows exactly that this is not someone who's like-minded at all with her this is not someone who's even on her level this is someone who maybe she did spare because she thought there may be some commonality between them and you know maybe we you could have your family here and whatever and so forth and yet he revealed himself to be at his very base and that pretty much ended any any um chance of civility vita who is sitting alone and ignored amongst the consistent and constant praying that goes on praying sees father who is a cold shell of himself because marcus has reprogrammed him and he is now a servant to be this sadness lucius comes in to give all of the girls the dead so the dead pendant of the soldiers because oh mother took yours tempest didn't even allow him to put it around her neck she put it around her own neck and that was just for show <laughs> um they ask about campion or at least she does and he says well because he is a non-believer and he has not been baptized he is unfit to be spoken to kiss my entire ass everything about that statement wanted me to slit his throat i cannot stand lucius any more than i can stay i mean he is nowhere near marcus but oh my gosh is he so fucking annoying and he keeps living i'm like can you please die at this point i hope marcus just kills you and some crazy ass like you start believing what mother was saying holly tries to tell tempest that hey you shouldn't be against our religion when she takes off her pendant because one guy decided to molest you and turn you against said religion and she says well thank you for telling me how i should fucking feel why don't you take this pendant and shove it up your ass (laughs) and she gets in her grill because hey you knew that they were coming and you didn't say shit either and holly does bring up facts hey we were kidnapped and mother did kill a lot of our people and i'm not sure if they have family members on that arc or not maybe she did take the the people that were no because hunter said my dad so yeah i don't know if they're holly vita or hunter care about their parents or if they had a relationship i don't know what's going on with that 
were these orphans on the ark i have no idea maybe that's what what caused them to be selected by mother i wish they would give us more on that but yeah tempest is not having it she wants to feed campion because that's the human thing to fucking do and she does not think that mother kidnapped them she feels very rescued vita is super confused because she's like should i take this off should i keep it on holly keeps telling me to do one thing but the other big sister keeps telling me to do the other thing hunter is watching father's hand but for the most part not saying anything holly is super committed to soul she never lost that touch uh but you did see he was startled hunter that was when he saw father was changed because he said praise soul really loud or really late paul says he had a dream about what the city is going to look like and he told the priest and so they're watching him build it out of rocks and now they're wondering if the scriptures had it wrong and they interpret it wrong and it's not an orphan after all and used to have um your eminence slash marcus aka caleb come in and have this wondrous look on his face you have sue just standing there watching her son like okay i have to watch this bullshit constantly they're telling this boy that his dreams he's been building this city for fucking 13 years in the simulation maybe he's dreaming it because that's what dreams do whatever you do in the day like dreams are based on your fucking memories we know this so she knows this and you got the priests over there talking about this is soul he came to you and told you and now he himself thinks that he is a special child and he already was thinking he should be a special child before this happened i'm telling y'all right now there's a lot of fucked up kids that's gonna be in this show no wonder it's called raised by wolves <laughs> there are a lot of wolves in uh sheep clothing and there's a lot of children that are going to be very fucked up some more the others about around this experience i was thinking campion was going to be the one that ends up falling but barbara uh is not he's like i know what i'm here to do i know what i want to do i want fucking nothing more to do with your religion like i get it i had an open mind i was allowing it i was being tolerant but y'all motherfuckers killed my parents now you want me to get baptized just to be spoken to like that shit's not for me it's just not for me sorry paul (laughs) whereas paul is someone who maybe was a little bit could have been tolerant because he was all of a sudden really a fan of mother but then he gets pulled back in this other direction because it is all that he's ever known so sure you shouldn't drop it like a hat i already said that unless you're tempest i think it's understandable that these kids are struggling to um decide who they want to be or continue to believe in but paul seems to be manipulated into every decision he's doing (laughs) because last episode who just told him to believe in himself his father marcus caleb who is a liar and killed his real father and who also now tells him that he should believe in soul because soul is going to give him the strength and now it's reaffirmed his ability especially now that his father is your eminence of course he's feeling like he got a whole religious glow up um in this moment i was thinking the same thing i think uh before the reveal at the end of the episode that caleb had a feverish look in his eyes like i think 
we're talking about me. You just want attention. Tempest is all about being rebellious right now. Brings Campion some fungus, tells him that you need to lie about accepting souls so that you can get let out. And then when that blonde bitch threw down the stuff and was like, hey, you get over here. She looked right at her like, fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back because I'm brown. Then went back to talking to Campion like, girl, and then what happened? She's like, I don't give a fuck what you just said. I want you to see me talking to him. <laughs> I didn't finish my conversation. Now that I've made my point, I will walk away. She says, just fucking lie. I, I don't want to be here either. I'm making no lies as well. Just do what I do. Campion then hears someone whispering, we miss you. It's Tally. He picks up her doll and in said doll is a shank. And they say, you need to kill father with this shank that has been kindly provided. And I wondered why that was a purpose. And it was clearly unsuccessful. He didn't even make a great effort, nor did he make any effort at all. He more like just stabbed him with a shank by accident. I'm not sure what I was supposed to get out of this moment. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to get out of these tally whisperings, but I wish they would fucking explain them already. They gonna whisper, we can be together. I'm like, bitch, who's we? These motherfuckers building a church. And then I really cried a little bit when the black man sent the other black man to do manual labor. But we see that father's little finger is still just moving along. Hunter tries to help Tempest, who is doing manual labor, moving rocks and shit. She also looks like she has not been sleeping whatsoever because there's nothing but blackness underneath her eyes. And we know that she has nothing but torturous dreams of her molestation. Can you imagine being in hypersleep and you're being uh, raped and then you can't move and you're watching it happen? And you, we don't know if this happened one time, multiple times. My guess, 13 years, a lot of times. So yeah, Holly need to take her opinion and shove it up her ass if I have not said that already. I know I told a lot of people to shove things up their ass in this episode. But Hunter's like, you can get special treatment. She's like, bitch, I am done with all the metheric special treatment. Thank you. <laughs> Go on somewhere. Holly's like that Christian friend always trying to help when nobody told your ass to come over here and give me your unsolicited opinion. She's like, they're gonna find out sometime. Shut the fuck up. Thank you for your unhelpful words. And also, why do you think we're friends? Why the fuck do you keep speaking to me? Paul apparently made many traps and he shows Sue one of the traps that he made. They capture one of the animals and Sue gets some meat off of it that they are storing and not telling anyone else about it. She says, I'm proud that you made this trap. And that's about it. <laughs> she makes a comment though like i'll be happy to eat something that tastes good and he says well we always ate good food on earth and i'm like yeah so apparently the metherics had all of the good shit as well they had the reese's they had actual lamb y'all was eating rats and now i'm gonna have to uh backtrack on my whole idea well maybe if you just join metheric you're living the good life doesn't necessarily mean that you already were rich but it does add more meat to Mimi's argument that the top 100 1 
now did the top one percent probably converge to this religion absolutely <laughs> because this sounds like something the one percent would caleb comes back for round two of the verbal smackdown he too is an orphan we find out oh lord and i wrote in my notes this nigga think he's the messiah <laughs> And that's her first jab pointing out that man, the man that reprogrammed me, he was firmly an atheist, which is why I'm successful. I am a mother. I'm a nurturer. I can be a good parent because he figured that shit out standing firmly in his beliefs. However, you will fail in reprogramming me because A, you don't even know who the fuck you are right now. B, I don't know why you think you have the power to reprogram me <laughs> like the service bot and a necromancer are two uh separate things and it seemed as if my man uh campion the elder it took him quite some time because i'm still not over the fact that she straight up killed that damn baby that was a robot but it still felt like a real baby at the moment and then she validates my opinion by pointing out that his decisions serve his own self-interest and the way she just kept dogging the shit out of him um that the nature of a human is informed by the nature uh by the nurturing environment which is her saying you know you were nothing but uh abused you were nothing but all you've ever known is loss and destruction you think you're gonna be a good parent like i don't think so that's all you're gonna do is reinforce um it's kind of like someone again i was trying to use some analogies like someone who was a victim of physical abuse and yet becomes someone who physically abuses case in point my brother um that type of environment and while it doesn't make sense that you would take on the same behavior sometimes when that's all you know i mean that's a lot of parents what am i i don't even have to take it to the extreme uh every parent has that moment of you're trying to get your child to do or be things that you yourself are not there's not a lot of you know there are a lot of parents let me take that back there are an equal amount i think of parents that truly want their children to be who they are and then there are a lot of parents out there that want their children to be what they believe they should their children should be and that comes from this passed down ideology i mean think about trump supporters <laughs> think about uh, our cultural environment right now racism uh, those those a lot of those ideas come from the environment of which it's nurtured and think about white privilege um that's something that is so institutionalized in the the psyche it's such a generational type of mindset and it's not just an american mindset i always point out you know that the same thing was happening in britain you know they were making books about how blacks were apes and they didn't have the same capabilities as white people that is a long long lasting idealism that has preserved through time past like generations past uh centuries and so yeah it's not something that's gonna be overthrown overnight because once you continue um precipitating the myth it becomes fact it becomes reality 
And so in the way in which he was so easily able to use Paul was a great indication that Caleb's nature, even though he wants to be a good father, he tells himself that it's not going to allow for that particular part. It's just not something that is a part of him. He's going to default to the only type of, uh, the only thing that's kept him alive, that's kept him in a surviving, uh, I guess, mindset, it's because he's about self-preservation. He's prone to self-preservation, which is what she tells him, which is why that that self or that dissonance is so easily um, had in him as well. And the fact that he killed... And I, I love that she also pointed out the fact that, you know, this need to be something more, to be important. Uh, it's been something that's marring his entire life, I think, because she points out from the time you were born, you were basically told you're expendable. Look at how the atheists, I don't agree with them, use the children as weapons, as expendable people in the fight against the metheric. They became things in a sense more so than they became people. And that at a very young age is going to cause or has the capability of causing some mental fracture. And thus, that's why he was so easily able to send Paul out. He's expendable in the end to him because that's just his mindset. It's also why, going back, that he was so angry at Ambrose and why he was having such a meltdown at that moment where he realized Ambrose will keep Sue. Like, he tested her. He knew. He knew from the moment she did not know that lullaby or that scripture that all Matheric children knew that she was not who she said she was. However, she was not expendable. She grabbed a talent and that's why he said, oh, you learned medical. You know, why he was so angry because she, she had worth and he did not. And that's something that has always nagged at him. So it also makes it very dangerous for someone with that type of mindset to be then given such significant worth. And then you have this voice telling him, oh yeah, you go ahead and let mother live. I will let you be king of this world. That's going to play right into, um, it's more like his psyche is playing right into the hand of whatever is manipulating him on this planet. Then Mother touches on my earlier point that his pathos is uh, is a penchant for using people. Um, I think I already covered that. And then she says that, you know, I'm a program built by my programmer. <laughs> he is a human thus susceptible to his own programming flaws and all. Uh, he left with a quickness after she read him, right? And he went and had a tantrum outside just like the lost boy she said he was and then he says i'm gonna end that bitch <laughs> um paul then comes up to him and says hey campion's gonna be uh baptized you should be there dad dad but he pushes this boy onto the ground and tells him to stay away from him paul the true acolyte takes that in stride and thinks it is really his job as he told his mother sue like we could be friends once i show him the light to soul and because he's dreaming shit he thinks 
it's his job to be the next priest in line and now that his father got importance his ass think that he is probably gonna be the next eminence lord jesus y'all and fuck this kid up he gonna end up being the villain of the story <laughs> eventually when he grows up and he's smart as shit i don't know about that i don't know somebody gonna have to bring him back from the dark side is all i'm saying but he tells campion come on man they're gonna let you out campion tries to play along right he's like okay let me try to pretend he gets down on his knees he does a little prayer thing everyone's looking at him sue's there until he realizes that these motherfuckers use his family's headstones for their altar then she said atheists are soulless it doesn't matter hey bro what oh my god if that wasn't enough Paul gonna kneel down and say it's okay they're just stones they don't mean anything campion ain't never looked more hood who the fuck are you man i did really enjoy tempest and sue with the defiant looks like ah, he's one of us <laughs> and he says fuck that noise i'm not even pretending this shit i can't do with it y'all y'all's way disrespectful right now father stops him from running away and lucius like put him back in this oh i hate him so much and i don't know why he stabbed him at that moment but maybe he just was surprised um i really think that father did this shit on purpose because he says father i hope there was something in you that was left and clearly at the end we know that there is something left of father and it's in his finger apparently but his finger was going off when he said go get more materials he's like okay i know what i'm about to go do i bet you y'all gonna build a church oh okay y'all gonna try to baptize my son wait till you see this shit wait until he sees what y'all made me do sue then goes into their little spot and punches caleb for hurting paul and he really was like what did i do what's wrong with you then he tells her that she wouldn't be anything without him and that she was suicidal when he found her which made her easy to manipulate emotionally abused despite her hard-ass qualities he found her at her lowest which indicates a debt and he previously before he walked in though he was playing with that fucking knife which he had been eyeballing for a while and then he saw two people on a cliff and it looked like two, there was no one on the other side of it, almost like a, like an impasse i don't know what the fuck that's all about he's losing his shit and says that he's working on killing the necromancer because she's like it's time for us to go let's grab the supplies let's grab the lander let's go i don't understand why we're still hanging around but he says i need to kill the ne necromancer after she says well we can't leave it with these people meaning they'll probably change her into a weapon with the quickness they probably know more about what to do than he does and he has banned everyone from talking to mother but him like no one else is allowed in there so she or he tells her like you need to thank your future on me that you have a son that you have all this that you have a purpose like you ain't shit without me and she leaves like really this is what we gonna say what you gonna really do marcus cruel man that he is and still mad about the words she said earlier sends father in to retrieve her all by himself himself so that she would have that moment thinking it is father and she's so happy and her sorrow was real and so was her joy 
and he tells her look i'm here to transport your ass campion watches tally climb down a rope in the silo that he's in who tells him he's all alone now he wonders why he's only seeing her why can't i see the others is this because you fell down a pit never answered that question he then looks out the window as he's told and sees father being or father hauling away mother lucius stops caleb to ask like what you doing oh i'm gonna destroy her she can't be reprogrammed oh okay why you doing that in the middle of the night no reason none at all so told me oh, okay let me go with you no nah, that's all right i got it and then mother starts to be like this man is a traitor he is not who he says he is he's like can you tell the bitch to shut up and then he had freaking father put her his hand over her mouth but i really needed lucius to be like why would she lie like oh i expected more of him in that moment to at least consider the possibility because let's be real there's been a whole bunch of red flags around sue and (laughs) sue and um marcus or caleb so if i saw one of my texts like although i know it is a necromancer and it can kill us clearly it's been reprogrammed but if i can reprogram it back like it has a certain base that belongs in their eyes the technology to them so i would be like well hold on let me at least follow your ass to see what you're doing tempest does see them as well and decides to do what lucius does not and follow them fuck this shit i'm out Mm-mm. fuck this shit i'm out no thanks don't mind me i'ma just grab my stuff and leave excuse me please fuck this shit i'm out nope fuck this shit i'm out all right then i don't know what the fuck just happened but i don't really care i'ma get the fuck up out of here fuck this shit i'm out because she really is a selfless person she says well, what are you gonna do about my service bot you know father is very uh he's a good protector he was my equal wish you could have treated him better in real life but y'all was having a tough time in your marriage i understand (laughs) that's what the loss of children will do and then she says i hope you'll take care of campion he'll make a fine addition to your colony this all these words are making marcus feel more like shit (laughs) tempest avoids some creatures while she's following but loses the trail of the trio marcus ignores the voice telling him to let her live and so it manifests a actual copy of his true face and true self and have them fight each other except this is just marcus fighting truly himself and he ends up literally slicing his own gut open just this guy is in full cognitive dissonance at this point and then he tells father to slide her in and i love we see him loop his finger into the sled and then when it breaks mother's able to climb up the rope and get her freedom she thanks father Uh, before she did go over she said she did want to thank him for his time with the children and that he enhanced the mission for her and then she uh is about to walk away but before she does the backwards glare that she gives marcus
who is now fully out of his fucking mind listening to these voices and now believing himself to be some type of superior um enlightened selected chosen being this is my thing with people who always believe they're hearing the voice of god why do you never think it's the voice of the devil (laughs) why is that never if both exist what makes you think one voice is different than the other that's just a question i would actually like and that's why most people say if your voice is in your head like why is it not even thought of as a psychological disorder like he was an atheist so it's not as if he doesn't believe that there are things that can happen in the mind even mother references like your mind's broken we can heal that so yeah that's not even a possibility for marcus he is anointed which is exactly what he tells uh wifey when he gets back to the camp first and foremost we got to talk about the fact that mouse is suddenly back and this boy paul thinks it's so So we all saw mouse go down in the pit and we had a moment in this episode while we were talking about the pits and tally and it being her that we're seeing because she went in the pit i don't know maybe this planet once you die on it you you're you can retain your soul or whatever or the the planet can duplicate replicate the person that's in the hole like their matter or something i don't know but i feel as if every time we see any of these apparitions in any type of format including animal it's a manipulation in some way and this clearly has paul believing more firmly and so clearly marcus is being led to believe that this voice he's hearing is Saul. so clearly whatever this entities or i don't know whatever its goal is it definitely wants them to believe that yeah you're hearing the voice of soul and that it's not a nefarious voice manipulating them in a way that is going to not be in their best interest and that's when he tells uh sue he's like what the fuck happened who did this to you was it the necromancer and then the knife falls out of his hand and she's like the fuck and then he says the prophecy it's me i'm the one that's gonna be (laughs) i'm the special child from the prophecies and that he told me and she's like who the fuck is he and that's how we end the episode and i have a feeling that sue's gonna have to make some serious decisions next episode about her future so that's enough of me prattling damn i prattled on for a whole hour considering the lower score of this episode but i think there was a lot to talk about let's get into what other people thought If you want to join in the conversation, you can send feedback to blackoakcouch at gmail.com. You can send it in written format or in audio, just 10 minutes or under. First up, Queen Shy. 
What up, Stina? It's Mimi. I'm sending in feedback for Raised by Wolves, uh, season one, episode seven. I literally just finished watching it. Um, before I go into my feedback, I just need to point out, I haven't talked about Marcus because at this point, I'm just just on, watching this show, waiting for stuff to unfold. Like, I have no idea what's going on. But a reason I disagree with you the last time was because you're like, you're using what Marcus is turning into as fuel for how you previously perceived him I feel like nothing he did up until like the last three maybe three episodes he was turning into this guy and that was the thing I was trying to point out like you were playing like to me if he acted the way that he's been acting this whole time then why would his wife all like be looking at him sideways like She's been with him this whole time. Whenever he would do something that would prove your point, she would be side-eyed in the hell out of him. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? If he's always been like that, why would she suddenly, like, look at him like that? To me, the fact that she, like, spoke her mind and said however she felt to him at any given time lets me know that if he, you know, he wasn't so self-serving the way he treats her now... I highly believe that if he was treating her like this the whole time, she wouldn't be so damn outspoken. He looked ready to slap her at any given moment, and she still kept side on him like, who the hell you think you are? And I feel like that should be enough evidence to say that this is not how he normally is. Like, he's slowly losing his mind. Maybe he had the capacity to be crazy and narcissistic from the beginning, but I don't feel like he was like this. The way he acts now, I can't stand him. And he wasn't like that before. Like, he is, I don't even, I, narcissist, I don't know if that's the right word. Crazy, deranged, the lunatic, self-serving, absolutely. But has he always been like that? I don't think so. Did he have the capacity to be like that? Absolutely. Shoot, I think anybody has the capacity to be like that if, if you're all of a sudden give, given everything that you want. I don't know how power and, you know, wealth, can turn people um, a certain way because I've never had it not saying like I would hope that I'm a better person than that but you can never really know how you will respond to something until you're put in that exact circumstance so I just want to point out that the markets that we saw from the beginning is not the same markets that we see and I feel like that was the difference between us you were giving him attributes that that I didn't think he he deserved as of yet he slowly became what you said, but he wasn't like the way, if you look at the way he acted episode one and the way he's acting now, he is a completely different person. That's like a 180. He is not acting like himself at all. And I think his wife's reaction to him is enough for us to know that, they, that he's slowly becoming someone else. Um, now onto my feedback. Um, I honestly, I don't know what to say about this episode because the whole time I'm like, what is happening? Um, I have no idea how to explain it. I still hate Hunter. I'll put that out there. The way he was like looking, like looking around in regret, like motherfucker, you did this. What do you think was going to happen? Uh, poor Tempest. She hates it. She hates it here. <laughs> She's how I feel about 2020 in general. <laughs> she is me and I am her <laughs> like looking around like, is this life? Like, is this? Is this what it is now? Is this what I got to look forward to? Um, I don't know if she was following 
uh marcus because she didn't like she was suspicious or she was running off like it doesn't make sense that she would be running off like where are you gonna go y'all tried to run away before and look how that turned out so i think she was following marcus and then those animals uh showed up and she got like kind of lost that's that's what i'm assuming i could be wrong um poor uh the baby oh what is her name i can't the little asian girl i cannot think of her name i don't remember anybody's name honestly except paul campion and tempest and hunter because i hate his guts i really need to other learn those other two kids names but anyway like she really loved her some father like we all do so like when she grabbed his hand and he wasn't all warm and cuddly like he normally is that hurt my heart like she was really sad like they fixed you she was so happy and then in that instant she was sad because she knew father was no more um i knew that him like twitching his finger had some type of significance so i'm not sure how that one finger kept its love for mother <laughs> but i guess i'm glad um at this point the only people i'm rooting for really is tempest maybe paul sometimes campion um i and father i gotta be honest with you mother lost me when she was smashing the the original campion in her dreams like huh, like this is literally your fault everything that's happened thus far because you were so obsessed with your infatuation with this man that you kept sinking yourself up to something that's literally not even meant for androids because it kept telling you that so the fact that you were pro like inserting yourself in a program that's only meant for humans should have been a red flag right there like you should have known better but the for you to keep sneaking off and taking father for granted and treating him like trash and he saved you so i mean she can choke so can hunter so can marcus she oh yeah i guess i'm rooting for mary too because i like her i think that's her name pretty sure paul's mom's name is mary um she's super cute the way she punched marcus when she walked in the the hut after what he did to my baby paul <laughs> i was i was living for her like yes we can be friends um speaking of that i love the way mother played him like he went in there thinking he was about to drag her for filth and she reversed it on him and he just he was shook so much so that he left looking um utterly utterly dragged and his only reaction was to fling paul and say get away from me I was like, yeah, you lost me. Don't ever touch that boy again. Because I will stick my hand through this television screen and choke you out. Like, she was right. You don't deserve him. You're terrible. And I hate you. And I couldn't understand, like, I don't remember what the original Caleb looked like. But was he fighting himself? Like, I know it wasn't a real person. Because we saw, like, from Mother's perspective, he was by himself after he got shanked. And he had the knife. So he cut himself. And the way they were mirroring each other, they had the same hair and then the old scar. It made me think that that was really um, what Caleb used to look like. I don't remember. It was several weeks ago, so I don't remember exactly. But 
I just, ugh, I, I'm just confused on what exactly is happening. I will say that when Campion was in that um, little hut, isolated, and then we saw Vita like climbing down the rope, that shit was freaky as hell. And I'm not gonna lie, it scared me a little bit. I, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I did not like that scene at all, just for the freaky uncomfortableness that I got. I don't know what's happening and I'm confused. I don't know if, you know, I, I, I'm not good with shows. They expect me to think too hard. Like I watch shows so that I don't have to think. Um, sometimes I, I know sometimes you be like, oh, I didn't need that scene. I could have put it together. I can't always do that. So I think sometimes they put those extra unnecessary scenes in that are unnecessary for you. They're necessary for people like me because I don't know if I'm supposed to understand what's happening <laughs> other than this planet is weird and they probably fucked up by landing on it. I don't know what's going on. Um, I do like father. I'm rooting for him. I like Tempest. I hope and pray she don't run into the man that raped her. I want him to get eaten by those monsters. Well, I shouldn't call them monsters because just because they look a little weird they're living on that planet they might look like that from evolution i don't know um i hope that they encounter his rapist behind and they eat him that'd be great i really don't hope she runs into him because that's not she's already mentally breaking i don't need her to break more um i like paul i hope he gets it together um because like you said cena after he finds out what happened to his parents he might lose it so i hope I hope he still stays with soul and turns the other cheek and be happy. I hope Campion gets it together and finds a family with Paul and Tempest. I really like the fact that Tempest really uh, went to go get him food. That was sweet. Um, and then the little Asian girl and father. I hope they all just make their own little colony and then the rest of them can choke. Um, that's all I got. I don't really remember, I shouldn't say remember, I don't really understand what's happening, so I don't have a lot of feedback. So let me just uh, end it here and send it to you so you can uh, post this. And real quick, I'm going to need you to finish 13 Reasons Why. You know that's my show. In these last two episodes, I had some vindication. So I need you to, to watch them so that we can have vindication together. Please, ma'am. Okay? Seriously. It's been a long time and I'm ready for us to get these two episodes out of the way. I like listening to it on my ride home from work, but it wasn't there. And now I'm just sad. So, yes. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That is Queen, my favorite. Queen Mimi with her thoughts and opinions on the episode. <laughs> dragging me for 13 reasons why <laughs> um it's been two days but i guess it has been a whole week since i've seen the show i am i keep trying to watch it i told you like my life in the last two days I'm, i haven't been used to getting on the phones in the last like a long time so I have had to exert a lot of my introvert energy into extrovert energy. And that was a whole certain. And on top of that, them fucking five kids this weekend. 
let me tell let me tell you i didn't get none of my 12 hour sleeps not even a little bit of my 12 hour sleep i woke up and made fucking pancakes and sausage and eggs they had a fucking grand slam breakfast and then this little one that's just one years old just keeps going around circle keep going and i'm so fucking paranoid you know with little babies like i can't have nothing happen to this baby while she's in like everybody else like yeah the baby they even told me they was like yeah she had grandma's razor and cut her lip and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like that is appalling to me i can't even and i know i know we're human things happen it's a thing but i am like so paranoid and that's just something that's my anxiety that is why i had to take medication like when my daughter was born i seriously had a lot of the baby blues like she went at like i had to be had an eye on her at all times eventually it eased actually no i didn't even take medication for my baby blues because i was able to rein it in because i realized that's just my natural anxiety I think that was like maybe the first week and then my natural anxiety was like okay well this is no not any higher than when you start going down the death rabbit hole so um so yeah when you put a little one-year-old around me I feel like I have to be around the one-year-old I'm like because she keeps running and I'm like she's gonna crack her head on the side of this damn glass fucking uh because you know I got glass now in my house if it was just my baby and she was younger I would not have glass like I was one of those people that put those little um them them side things on, <laughs> and then she went over and she tried to look at the the light switch. I'm like, oh hell no, you got to get away from there. And then I found out they said my grandma, my mama, and shit on her on her parenting over the years. She tired because then little Caden uh, took a took something and put it in the light switch. And I said, Caden, get over here. Let me talk to you about the light switch. Let me tell you what could have happened to you. I'm sure you heard this lecture from grandma, and I'm sure she was really mad. But seriously, you can't be fucking with people people's emotions like that. You can get really hurt. <laughs> so yeah, those are kids I have to when they're with me, I fucking keep my eyes on them because you just can't keep keep your eyes off of them. And then all weekend I heard my name Christina like it was mother. Mom! 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 Mommy! Mommy! Mama! 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 What? Hi. <laughs> So yeah, I decided to stay current and I was going to grab 13 Reasons Why whenever because it's two back-to-back episodes and every time I would sit down, record the one podcast to stay current and I go to watch 13 Reasons Why, my ass start falling asleep every single time. However, however, apparently I thought Doom Patrol was tonight and I've already watched that episode, which means tomorrow I have free time and I'm not going to be on the phones. So... I should be able to do a double episode between Doom Patrol, which doesn't have much to talk about. Um, a little bit, definitely a lower scored episode as well. So I should be able to get it tomorrow, if not Thursday. But I'm going to commit to tomorrow because your ass is thirsty and I understand. <laughs> now on to this show. We just going to disagree on Marcus. Like I've already put that in my mind that we're disagreeing on Marcus and that's totally fine. I'm just highly sensitive. I have said this before. I am a fucking empath. I'm not saying it to pat myself on the back. I'm saying I very much am in tune with human nature. It's something I've actually just learned to lean on 
in my personal life as well as my professional life is that my intuition i've learned to trust it now has it been wrong sure so when you say that in your opinion that you just did not see this transition in marcus um kind of like what i was discussing in the episode i saw this transition coming from all away and not just because it it reminded me of certain characters because when you discover or talk about behavior types or even you know a little bit more into psychology types there are particular traits that are consistent with those particular personality types um just like they're you know in the relate to you in a way like there's like they, you can go in and someone can have stomach pain but if you have stomach pain and this that and the other thing as a doctor or a nurse it's going to lead to a certain conclusion that you can project while you're diagnosing someone so that is kind of how i read people even fictional characters and i just found myself very like everything those little things that marcus that you unfortunately and maybe shy maybe a lot of other people didn't see as something that was particularly indicative of his current arc to me those were ground point moments that make what happens to him all the more um authentic now you say that hey the person that marcus was and the person he is now those are like that's a 180 i don't necessarily believe in that i am of the opinion that i believe people can change but people are also who they are like you can be an alcoholic but you can also have uh a good indication that you will or you can make the effort to be sober right it's a hard hard process not everybody makes it you can't change your to me at least your um you can't completely 180 your personality and mm, there is though certain things that prey on particular and actually i think it's better to read this interview that i found which i thought was very interesting to me um in regards to marcus's thing now this is a collider interview not collider no that was a no this is on a mm, what website is this this is an article written by armand babu and it speaks about uh why marcus fell so deeply uh into metheric now it's referencing episode eight and i didn't read anything about episode eight i actually and this article actually doesn't reference episode eight whatsoever it actually just talks about um character mindset and there's an interesting part uh that was in here that i think maybe sums up a little bit better um how maybe people like me see the transition within marcus because while i guess let me maybe back talk out of the other side of my mouth i should say wow i don't feel as if someone can do a complete 180 like i just i don't know i i'm very suspect of of that idealism because it's almost like well i never knew that billy could shoot up the school but at the same time i noticed billy was depressed he was in his room i visited his website he's looking at a whole bunch of violent games 
there's indicators that are saying maybe something's going on with billy or the one person's like oh i never knew my husband would be a serial killer except you know he went out of town a lot and he came home and you know sometimes he went out in weird hours of the night or he would act weird or strange and i've actually i'm one of those people like i said it could also just be me um because empath is a real thing uh i think i told you any yourself may in, in fact be a partial empath where sometimes you can feel an energy around someone and you just know or you get a sense around talking to someone for have you ever had that where you're talking to them for 15 20 minutes and you automatically like you never want to judge a book by its cover and there have been moments that have totally totally been wrong in this but never to the point where i'm like oh i was completely off on who that person was like no there there's definitely like you you put out as much information as as you find people picking up i feel like i'm going down a rabbit hole with this and i should just read what they say because i think it also has to do a little bit to your point uh as i said going back to the speaking out, out of my mouth that he may have been heavily influenced by the religion in the 13 years with it and let's read what they have to say so what i liked and i guess i'll just should i read the whole thing fuck not why not um (laughs) at first glance one might blame the voices in marcus's head for slowly stripping him of his sanity but marcus isn't the only one with voices is that whole sentence but marcus isn't the only one with voices in his head mother is plagued by an artificial simulation of campion sturges who tells her in no uncertain terms that she's meant for a greater destiny but this is something mother immediately rejects despite her love for sturges and his plan for humanity Campion the boy, for his part, is hearing a fair number of voices himself, both supernatural and otherwise, and though he's been tempted to accept metheric beliefs, he strongly and repeatedly rejects them despite the pressure he's under, which kind of validates the point of what I was saying earlier, I guess going back to why I disagree that Marcus just all of a sudden, or, you know, it's just the voices playing on him that's making him go crazy they in that that um paragraph with voices alone do not make uh voices alone do not a madman make and i think that's true because think about schizophrenics they hear voices but that doesn't quite make them a madman you know if they get the proper medication they don't hear those voices and you know they can function in the world with some assistance um but I also really like the fact that it's not just a supernatural voice. It's the voices of other people. Um, and that's something that we all in a culture of society deal with. You're going to have a whole bunch of people telling you what you should do, what you should think, starting from your own mother, <laughs> your own parents. So I really like that juxtaposition between the fact that it's not just a supernatural voice and it's just not the voices of uh the people and it's not just happening to marcus this is something everyone is going through and i think you pointed out yeah well mother is the one that was hopping on sex with her creator but i think that there is a point to be had here with the fact that yeah okay i may be at a low point in which (laughs) i am feeling as if 
you know, I don't have the, like I'm failing in my mission. I'm failing my purpose. I don't have the affection that I need. She's again, as I said in the earlier episodes, I think she's searching for a, a, that feeling in a higher belief, despite her herself being an atheist and telling Campion, you know, you don't need to believe in something higher. There is no such thing. So she's just making a bit of a hypocrite of herself. And I think there's something they include about uh, hypocrisy because they uh, continue. Then again, mother, neither mother nor Campion has received the kind of pressures that Marcus has being constantly surrounded by those of the metheric faith, constantly under their watchful eye and forced to pretend even with their own family that they believe in soul scripture. So here we go. This is the part where the article kind of sways back into, um, into your uh, argument Mimi where it continues certainly none of the other characters on the show are dealing with both supernatural voices and prolonged religious scrutiny but what truly sends Marcus over the edge is something a lot more sinister it's the fact that organized religions like the Metheric faith are specifically designed to both prey on and venerate men like Marcus these religious structures target those who are at the end of their rope who feel they have nowhere else to turn to People like Marcus are not only told that there is a better way, but that by following that path, they automatically become better people. It doesn't matter that Marcus' true identity as an atheist in disguise makes his religious zealotry hypocritical. Time and time again, we've seen people like Hunter and Ambrose that hypocrisy is no barrier to entry. It, in fact, appears to be a ticket right to the top. Hypocrites do well in religious structures. It would seem as though as no one prays harder or more performatively than those who are desperate for their followers to believe in the hypocrite's superiority. Marcus slipped easily into his role as metheric leader and when he was at his lowest point he could rely on religion to validate his sense of emptiness. He relied on religion to tell him that he was important, a prophet destined for greater things. He relied on that religion structure or hierarchy to exert control over his own family instead of sorting out their differences because religions like the Metheric faith rely on exerting control instead of open, honest discourse. That's exactly going back to that argument where you had Sue say, well, hey, we have to tell him what happened to his family. Like he's going to find out whether we love him or not it kind of doesn't matter (laughs) even though i will side eye the fact that taking him to the tropical zone and being like okay let's tell you now but then to that fact uh sue wanted to tell him before they even got to the tropical zone but he pretty much said yeah that's not gonna work out and he's using that that idea that she might lose him but i think a part of her feels she might lose him and that might be what she's deserved despite her love for him so um i really like that line as well i'm not gonna read any more of the article because it says spoilers below so i'm not gonna read that um (laughs) so it kind of ties a little bit into a lot of the ideals that i was coming across like I said, I don't expect anyone to see things the way I do. That's just how he unfolds to me as the character. That's not, I know I'm making a joke of, you know, oh, I was right. I was right. It's not about even being right or wrong. <laughs> um, that's just me being petty. But 
I was starting to think I was losing my mind and that I was manifesting things in the character that just wasn't there. And I think that I was reading the character in the way that my own knowledge base knew how to decipher a character like that. But that's not to say that, you know, you not seeing that same correlation I mean that we're just a difference opinion about a person just like you would be in real life like you know what I fucks with that girl and I'm like no I don't fucks with that girl she don't make me feel right I'm not like oh my god I can't hang out with you no more because you fucks with that girl unless you Trump then that's a whole that's that's one person we cannot (laughs) there are definitely certain people we might be like but fictional characters um no we're not gonna (laughs) that's not gonna ruin the friendship not even a little bit but it's an interesting conversation right because it is good to see multiple facets i mean that's a good job too of writers when you can have a character that has multiple opinions on him like you don't think that he would be shitty to uh sue in regards because she's such a hard ass and she doesn't um and she's been giving him side eyes but i think back to what I made that uh, comment before and I think I've touched on it a bit. I come from an abusive background. So there's going to be a little bit of bias or maybe more reading into based on my experience in that type of culture that I might have much more, uh, less of a threshold on. So it also did like my mom is like, are you kidding me? When she was six months pregnant and kids were fucking with me, she ran out in the fucking snow. <laughs> ran across the street and chased some kids in the middle of fucking winter into the school like my mom's not a wimp i wouldn't consider her a wimp or someone who doesn't have her own opinions or someone i mean in a lot of ways she reminds me of zoo of sue fierce warrior you know she's gonna step up for their kid you know they're, they're gonna do everything for their children like you can't fuck with their kids yet she ended up in a abusive relationship for 15 20 something years you're not going to tell me that she's a weak person because she ended up that it was just unfortunate circumstances in which she met my father and then that again as i stated earlier that builds a certain loyalty a certain trust if you have your own insecurities or your own you're dealing with your own worth which they indicated in this episode that sue when he found her he said you know, you were at your lowest. You weren't even going to survive. You were had no intention of live. You were going to blow yourself up. So when you have someone who is at the point of suicidal death and they don't feel that their own breathing is worth anything. And then they also, you find out, cannot have children for whatever reason. Most likely it's traumatic. Yeah, that makes you a vic. That makes you easy prey for someone who is also insecure, but feels a need to be the superior in the insecure relationship right these type of these type of things that's just it it is so clear to me it's like crystal and like i said that is just based on the culture the environment the things i see that are those consistent manifesting traits from those type of controlling abusive individuals and while I think the article agree, it's not to say that religion did not create a zealot or is creating a zealot in him. 
yet he was halfway there like i made the the commentary of why him and ortho were having that conversation and why ortho even had that conversation like yeah i was fucking with little girls before or i was inclined to rape before but then i heard this voice in my head or maybe he fucked with women before maybe he just uh sexualized them like there are sometimes leaps from oh i'm standing across the park looking at the little boys which is disgusting equally then i'm about to go kidnap a little boy and put him in my car i'm watching porn that is not okay versus i go outside to the park and take a neighbor's kid there are varying degrees of the same tainted behaviors you see where i'm going with this see i could write i could literally talk about this for hours and it's a good thing though because i think that builds a great character that is what's fascinating about this show is the fact that it it um is pushing us to start thinking about our own realities and how we interpret uh our interactions and and personal relationships and how religion and our own free will and how uh different belief systems all come into play and they're all trying to make this new start on this planet but with humanity as i stated earlier in the podcast comes conflict it's just a natural no matter what planet you go to but the problem is on this one i think that conflict is coming for them so i think shy unfortunately did not make it tonight with us but hopefully we hear from her on the next episode if you want to send feedback you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com you can find this podcast on podbean stitcher itunes spotify wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes rate review the podcast i appreciate it until next time peace hair grease and black magic <laughs>